0: another two or three hours and then we flew into that beautiful city Atlanta where I went to seminary that I don't like and uh and we sat there for several hours and it was time to board and they said we're having weather you got to be kidding me and they said we're gonna sit and we sat and we sit and they go we're gonna cancel the flight and they did and then we went to rent a car and they wanted like uh more than we'd spent for four days in one in Sacramento Only wanted you know like to get home and they said well you know you I said, no, they finally put us in a hotel the next day. They said, we can get you out of here at 11 o'clock. It's like we were 140 miles away and we could not get home. And we get over there and we're getting ready to come home and we're like, okay. And we were praying the whole time. Come on, God, help us, help us, help us. And uh, so we get there and what do they say? They go, well, you, you, know, uh, you know, we get on the plane that morning, everything's good. We go in and uh, yeah, the, late, the pilot comes out. That's never good when the pilot comes out of the cockpit. She goes, we got a reset. We got a Microsoft, blah, blah, blah. I said, you need Tim here. I don't know what you're doing. She said, two minutes, we'll be ready to go. All I know is 30 minutes later, they said, we're going to deboard the plane. There's no more jets. Y'all just enjoy your day here in our wonderful city. You can't even make stuff up like this, okay? And we sit and we finally look to the thing. We got two and a half hours. We can fly home when they finally got a plane and then turn around and go back and pick our daughter up that's coming in Tuesday night. So we spent the whole day in Atlanta. It's such a wonderful experience. It just gives you character and attitude. <laughs> Actually, I'm preaching on attitude in a few months. I'm going to see if I get one. And, uh, and we finally, finally our daughter comes in. We get home 41 hours later. Yeah, you laugh. I could have flown to most countries in the globe. So anyway, God's good. So my prayer life has been challenged. Some of you are going, no, it's not like your prayer life's pitiful. <laughs> don't pray for me. Well, I hope you will. Anyway, I'm going to share these, uh, illustrations with you in a minute. How about that? Let's look at God's word because we've got a lot to do this morning in a short time. Um, James chapter five, verse 16, the wonderful words of scripture. He says, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And I have believed that for over three decades that praying believers praying christ followers have the power of god in their life and their lives can affect change across the globe in the heavens on this earth and there's a message quote there at the top of your notes it says prayer does not simply maintain the christian life it is the christian life says hank and i mean he's like look we sometimes say hey prayer is the last resort and like god's not the prayer is the first response prayer prayer If I already have people saying, man, I I love this four-letter word today, pray. And you got to know that I love to talk about prayer because prayer is just my heart. And prayer is the heart of my Father, and and we'll see some scriptural reasons. But this morning, we have to have that ability to persevere, to endure. And sometimes when you want to quit praying, I think that's when you need to pray the most and you need to stay dependent. And there's something about endurance. And I learned a big thing in about 1992 on endurance. It was the Olympics in Barcelona. And there was this athlete, and we're going to look at a short clip, and this clip really talks about a father's love and about enduring and finishing something. Watch with me. At number 28, an Olympic image that if you watched it at the time, Barcelona 1992, will live with you forever. Eric Redmond, the best form he's shown since he broke the British record. Kiba Hernandez has got uh, Redmond to aim at, and so too in line number three is Steve Lewis, but Redmond's gone off very fast indeed, and so too has is Ismail of Qatar Down the back straight, he's the fractional leader. Father of Nigeria has gone very quickly, and Redmond has broken down. He's on the track, kneeling down, and Derek Redmond, on well, his injury problem, the jinx has struck again. way i mean you know i was thinking about what romans 3 22 it says we're made righteous in god's sight when we trust in jesus christ to take away our sins mark 9 28 and 29 listen to these scriptures from the gospel after jesus had gone indoors his disciples asked him privately why couldn't we drive it out he's talking about the demons he replied this kind can only come out by prayer there's just certain things that will never happen unless we activate god's resource called prayer to our lives and when we pray things happen how many of you believe that when you pray things happen i believe that with all my heart i mean if i didn't believe that i wouldn't have just written this book on prayer if i wouldn't have done that i wouldn't have been asking people to join me for the last many years in prayer efforts i wouldn't write a monthly prayer brochure if i didn't believe prayer works i believe that prayer gets the attention of the father and somehow god comes to pass but when i say the word pray people get I don't know what happens. They they get intimidated. I mean, I'm always inviting people to pray. And let me just say this to you this is a safe zone. I would never judge you because that's not my job anyway. But I will encourage you, I will teach you what I've learned in my walk with Christ. But I'm saying, church, if our church began to really believe if we pray, it makes a difference. Our prayer movements would grow in, in number and in intensity and in results and power and conversions and changes. How many believe that today? but what are we going to do, church? We got to pray. You're saying, well, I'm not so spiritual. Oh, that's okay. I like what my friend Becky Terabasi said about the misconceptions of prayer. These are little bonus points. Write them down. Some people say prayer's boring. Well, they don't know the guy that I know because prayer is not boring. Prayer brings about results. Now I have been to some boring prayer meetings. I'm I'm not going to disagree with you that, and somebody praying monotone prayers and they, they're the hog prayer and they, they, that means they, they pray everything in the room. And you're like, well, I ain't got nothing left. Ditto. But I've been to some prayer meetings where God showed up and he met us. And here he performs miracles and healings only when they pray. Here's the other one. She says, prayer is only for the spiritual. I hear this. Well, I'll never be good enough for prayer. Let me just tell you right now, you're not going to be good enough, but Christ is good enough and when christ robes you in his righteousness you are satisfied you satisfy the requirement of the father and now you can begin to pray church so you're saying well okay well you just discounted my reason because i said i wasn't spiritual it's not about being now it's not that we cherish sin in our heart the bible says he doesn't hear us we we confess we have clean hearts we come and then here's the one i hear misconception my prayer has no power if you know jesus you have power church if you walk with jesus christ let me tell you these children today that were baptized when they pray they have the same power that anybody else and maybe even some more maybe they haven't uh, got sin built up and they and they've already got a clean slate with god but i believe when a child prays i believe when a senior adult prays i believe heaven moves how about you church I'm telling you, church, I'm believing God for so much more. But I don't think corporately, collectively, we've taken hold of it yet. So I'm begging you, when you see prayer efforts, why don't you consider joining one? Why don't you consider coming to one? I know people go, well, I don't know. I'm scared. Don't be scared. You act like we're going to scare you when you come in the room and we're going to judge you. No, we're just going to learn to pray together. Let's look at some ways that our prayers make a difference. Fill this in quickly. Number one prayers can help set others free my prayers can help set others free and so can yours people that have addictions and and problems and sin patterns and strongholds I believe those can be broken they can be canceled in Jesus Christ Acts chapter 12 verses 5 and 7 listen to this so Peter was kept in prison but the church was earnestly praying to god for him and the night before herod was to bring him to trial peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains not where i want to be and sentries stood guard at the entrance and suddenly an angel of the lord appeared and a light shone in the cell he struck peter on the side and he woke him up quick get up he said and the chains fell off peter's wrist Woo! I mean, man, that's pretty huge, y'all. I mean, he was freed. And what I'm saying today is you might not have physical incarceration. You might not have shackles and chains tied to you. But there are chains in this room today that are ever so powerful. And they're holding you back for the purposes of God. And I believe that when you pray, you can set others free. You stand in the gap. People get delivered. People get healed. Things begin to change. The second thing is my prayers can help others in temptation. We all struggle in this life with temptation. Jesus talked about it a lot. And that's a message for another day. But in Luke 22, it says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. In other words, he was praying for him there. And for you and I, temptation is all around. It abounds. And we need accountability. We need to be with others. We need to ask others to pray for us. And listen, let me say this to you. You need to be a part of a small group this year. And part of being a small group, when you develop family, chemistry, confidence, confidentiality, and as you grow together, then you should move to the point where you go, This is where I struggle. Could you pray for me? Do you have a brother or a sister like that today that would join hands with you? And they would join and link their heart and their spirit with you to pray that you could be delivered? You know, I, I read a thing the other day I'd never seen. It's called the Filthy Speech Movement it was in the 1700s and one thing I read and heard about was that at Princeton they gave these speeches these erudite minds but these people would try to see how many profanities they could cram into their speech I mean that I mean that's how sick things were it was kind of a a post awakening of the uh, American Revolution it said in that day 300,000 people out of the 5 million in the nation then were proclaimed alcoholics they were drunkards profanity was running rampant. I mean, women were afraid to go out at night. They were afraid to be assaulted. There was so much sin, but there was a Baptist pastor I read about. His name's Isaac Bacchus. And in 1794, he thought we have to do something. And he sent out a plea to every minister of every denomination to set aside The first Monday of each month, the churches would pray in unison, collectively, corporately, and powerfully. And God began to do a new work. Another great movement is the Second Great Awakening. You can read about the the Second Great Awakening. You can read about the Wells Revival. You can read about the Asbury Revival. You can read about so many revivals. And they all are foundationally set in prayer. God begins to come. Let me tell you what happened in the Second Great Awakening churches began to fill up they were about a third half empty and churches began to fill up lives began to get converted off the chart i mean so many lives were changed crime went down and this is what i thought was interesting the policemen lost their jobs there was nothing for them to do does that sound like montgomery alabama and that's why we need some more because we have more crime in our city and we need help. And, and yet God was doing something. The third thing is this. My prayers can help bring peace. I like what 1 Timothy says. I urge then, first of all, that requests and prayers and intercession and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings, for all those in authority, and that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in godliness and holiness. We pray for our leaders. We pray for those in authority. And somehow through the power of prayer, God ushers in peace. His peace forces down. It, it comes, it consumes. And I'm just wondering this morning, I'm going to ask you something practically. How much time are we spending on bringing about peace? Are we bringing peace to our world, to our community, to our home, to our church, to other people? One of the coolest stories I've ever heard, I've heard him a number of times. It's been years, but when I used to go to the National Youth Workers' Conventions and speak to those around the country, I got to hear Tony Campolo speak a lot. And he told a story that I never would have forgotten. I want to tell you quickly. He was in a little Pentecostal college setting, prayer meeting, and they were praying. If you've ever prayed with a bunch of deep charismatics and Pentecostals, they like to pray and they like to put their hands on you and they like to push your head down. And they said they were pushing Tony's neck down. His neck's going, man, this is, this is getting a little ridiculous. And, and they were praying for him, but they kept saying, and God, help Charlie Stovitz. God, go after Charlie Stovitz. Get him, God. He's about to leave his wife and kids. He lives in that silver trailer, and he quoted that address. And over and over and over, they said, God, get Charlie Stovitz. He's about to leave his wife. And Tony said, you think God didn't know where the boy lives? You ain't got to quote his address and keep saying that. He got through in the meeting and he got down the road and he's driving down the Philadelphia turnpike and he got down the road and he saw this guy on the side of the road and he's a preacher. Let me tell you, sometimes preachers like it when you get somebody in the car, you lock them in. You can share. And he said, hi, my name's Tony. What's your name? True story. The guy says, my name's Charlie Stovitz. (laughs) Tony whipped around the turnpike, drove into the boys' neighborhood and the boy stood glued to the door and looked and said, man. And then he drove right up to a silver trailer and said, how did you know where to come? He said, you've left your wife and kids. So that boy jumped out of that car, ran the house, repented, got on his knees, gave his life to Jesus Christ, him and his wife. And he's a pastor in the South today. <laughs> True story. You can't even make up stuff that good. That's about as dumb as my flight. 41 hours. But here's the point. When we pray, God moves. You're saying, Wow. Man, my prayer life ain't like that. My prayers are like, God bless Aunt so-and-so. She got a bunion. Oh, let's get past the bunion prayers, okay? I got feet problems too, but I ain't coming up to say, lay your hands on my bunion, okay? Let's pray something spiritual. Help me, Jesus. Okay, fourth. I'm just telling the truth. Here we go fourth thing my prayers can help others grow spiritually ephesians says i pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his inglorious inheritance in the saints you see when we pray others grow i'm privileged to be a pastor and i have so many people that lift me up in this congregation in this community in this nation and around the world that i've had the opportunity to meet And one of the things that I do for you as your pastor, this is my Christ Community Notebook. If you're in covenant relationship, your name is in here. And I take it seriously that I pray for you. This right here is Pastor Keith's personal prayer notebook broken out by the days. When the book comes out, it'll tell you all about how to use it. I'm very systematic in how I pray because I believe prayer affects my Father and it gets his attention and I believe God comes and I just happen to believe that if we get serious about P-R-A-Y pray that our church will be transformed and we'll look more like Jesus how about you church see last weekend Don and I worshiped with 12,000 people well actually we didn't work with 12,000 they had five services two Saturday and three Sunday and just people after people the service of me and Don and when 100 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ and I long to see us return to the day that people get saved every weekend. How about you, church? It only happens one way. We pray. We pray together. We pray in our prayer closet. We invite. We tell people right now, we've got a great buzz. You can't buy the publicity. Everywhere I go, people are saying, what are y'all doing out there at Ryan Road? We looked up and there's a building like we've been invisible or something, you know? But now people are getting a little more serious, and and our our church screams next generation. I can't wait for you to walk through it in three weeks. Please don't get ready to leave early that day. We're going to finish this service and walk next door. It'll be awesome to the glory of God. The Seoul Church, the Seoul Korean Church, the largest church in the world, you thought it was Joe Osteen. No, that's just America. The largest church in the world has 800,000 members. (laughs) That's a pretty big crowd, isn't it? That's like eight Auburn stadiums yeah that's pretty cool and somebody asked how'd you grow it he said be here at five o'clock in the morning i'll show you they came in and says we're going to the furnace room and they went down to the furnace room and there were eight to ten thousand people on their knees on their face praying in seoul korea ten thousand people pray every single morning every single day of the week god takes a church seriously that prays I'm praying today the Holy Spirit's going to birth something in this church. Not that your pastor will birth it. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to speak a word of prophecy right now. I need to prophesy this. There's some women in here right now that need to start some prayer movements. We've got some men movements because I lead them. I'm a man. I don't lead women's prayer groups. I just just don't do that. There's some women right here today by the Spirit of God. God's calling you to be an intercessor and to start groups in your homes or something. Would you hear the voice of God in the church said? Do it, church. Listen to 1 Samuel 12, 23. i got to give you this passage. It's so good. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. 1 Samuel twelve twenty three. That passage just says, look, if I don't pray, it's a sin. I got to pray. Let me give you the fifth one quickly. My prayers can help others have an impact in ministry. I'm convinced every one of us, volunteer, staff, or whatever, have an impact in ministry when we pray because that harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Agreement means there's power. When we come together in agreement and we link with the Lord, there's power released of heaven. And today, I just think that God wants to do something. Now, I want you to fill in this real quick. Activate your prayer life today. Number one, make a list of those you need to pray for. I've shown you two notebooks here. But whatever yours looks like, maybe it's a little dollar booklet for the Dollar Tree. A matter of fact, the other day I was in California in a road by a store. And it wasn't a Dollar Tree. It was a Dollar Twenty Five store and it was closed i was like well i guess it went to a dollar fifty i don't know the second thing is make a record as the prayers that are answered you know you then you just see the faithfulness of god and you recall on that and colossians just says devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful so this morning the mystery of prayers here all over us prayer is a paradox it's the balancing it's a balancing act between depending on the holy spirit And it's also the part that we do hard work on our knees. I think E.M. Bounds or some great prayer warrior years ago said, the real work is prayer, and I couldn't agree more. It's not to speak. It's not to preach. It's not to teach. It's not to sing. It's not to change diapers. It's not to do this. It's not to do that. It's to pray. So church today, if we just get serious about prayer, we'll be at a new place as a congregation. P-R-A-Y. We've got a little different invitation that I want to do today. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a short body life and then we're going to flow into Holy Communion. So right now, if they'll bring the lights down just a little bit for me. And I invite people right now to just uh, stand in need of prayer. You've come today because I talked about prayer today. So I would be remiss if we didn't actually pray. And I'm going to tell you, I'm fixing to kind of come over here because I I want to repent. I want to tell you something I've not asked you all to do. I've asked groups that I pray with, but I've never asked you. So I'm asking y'all to pray for your pastor today. I wrote a book last June, and I've made a deadline within myself to get it published by Thanksgiving. I'm going to ask some people to come and just pray for me in a moment, just that God would give me the finishing touches and give grace. It's a book for devotional and for small groups. But the Holy Spirit told me, he says, you ask for prayer in the morning. So in body life, I'm going to just shut my mouth. I know that seems impossible. And I'm going to ask some people to just come lay hands on me and pray for me to finish this to the glory of God. But I don't want to make it about me. Right now in this room, right now, some of you begin to stand. You came and you need prayer. Come on. You have a prayer need. You need to stand and people are going to pray for you. So right now, across the room, stand. Come on, church. Over here. Come on. Now, you that are looking, go and begin to move in and put hands on them. Go ahead. And now for just a minute, as Jeff plays, I'm going to ask some to come and just lay hands on me because I need it. I need prayer. Can we do that? well I want to thank you I'm always a little funny I don't want to make it about me everyone I'm always making it about Jesus and about ministering unto you but I wanted to be transparent and tell you that I wanted to obey the Holy Spirit how about you and uh, so thank you well we talked about prayer we did prayer I'm looking forward to see what God moves right now we're going to celebrate Holy Communion uh, service is not over. It's going to be powerful. These two sections are going to go to that cross over there and be served. So there'll be a a couple elders or whatever, their wife over there. There'll be some people over here on this side. And these two sections will go here. And we'll come to the Lord's table to receive from him. It's a mystery. Matter of fact, in just a few minutes, Jeff's going to sing a song over us called Mystery. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would consecrate the elements. Lord, as you invite us to come to your table, we come humbly. Trusting in the mercy and the grace and the blood of Jesus. Cleanse us now from our sins. Search our hearts, God. Forgive us, Lord. Thank you for the table invitation. We come to your table now, Lord, trusting not in our own righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ. May we receive these sacraments and give you praise. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can y'all start here on the front and just go and we'll work back. And then we'll start at the back and go up here. Can y'all start there? And we'll work back, and then we'll start from the back, and we'll come here. Just keep the line moving, if you will. Jesus Christ, my sanity, sweet Jesus Christ, my clarity, bread of heaven broken for me, cup of salvation held up to drink. Jesus, the mystery, Christ has died and Christ is risen, Christ will come again.